Welcome to the School for Mystics podcast with Misha Seidel and Marina Galan. In this podcast, Marina and I will share with you unique and contrarian perspective of how our lives really work. Hello, my love, Marina. Good morning, Misha. How are you? I'm doing so well. And you know what? Today we're going to talk about unconditional love. Unconditional love. Oh my God. That's a, that's a big one. That's a really big one. Let me kick us off. Today I had to let go one of my first employees. So she joined us two years ago and she was one of the very few people, even before my wife, to believe in what I do and who I am. Okay. And through all these years, her support and uh, my trust towards her were incredible. And she was the one to support me, even when I was doing and making things that were absolutely incomprehensible to anyone else. She would be always on my side. And she was also a great employee. Now, I had to let her go because the company went to the level when the vibration of the company is different to her own. And today I learned or remembered how it is to love and let go at the same time. Mm. It's so interesting that to someone you truly and unconditionally love, you can say, I love you so much, but we're not going to be together. And then if you really have this unconditional love in your heart, you will be fine with their answer. No matter what they say, no matter how they reply, you're still gonna love them anyways. I absolutely agree. How unconditional love feels for you? <laughs> oh man, if I'd known we were gonna talk about this. <laughs> I would have made up some really cool stories so I would have to avoid talking about the real ones. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> Uh, okay, here it goes, Misha. Radical truth. Are you ready? Uh, some years back, I asked life to teach me unconditional love. I did not know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> As always. Oh my God. Oh my God, Misha. You never stop to think of what you're actually asking. You see, so I want to know 
I want to experience unconditional love implies by definition, and you don't see it, implies by definition that your love is going to be tested in the most unbelievable ways. The worst ways you could possibly imagine, right? And throughout my experience of getting to know unconditional love, I I don't understand how it works, Michelle, because it, but you know everything that is happening is like, oh my God, this is going to certainly end it. And then you know, like ten minutes later, you find yourself feeling love. And it's like, wow, what will it take, right, to, to destroy this? And so far, nothing has. And my God, have things happened. Have things happened, Misha? You have no idea. Okay, I'm now so want to know what yeah. exactly happened. Tell me. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go into the story. But I'm going, to tell, I'm going to tell you about my experience. So throughout this story, and because of all these things that were happening, I really wanted to stop loving. Like, I really wanted to stop loving. I was telling life, show me how it is to stop now. <laughs> like, please give me that experience. Like, I, I was trying so hard to stop loving this person. And I couldn't. I couldn't, and I spent months trying. And then one day, wisdom reminded me that the solution is never in changing things, in changing circumstances or in changing your experience. There can only be transformation in understanding, going through the experience. And one of the rules of, you know, mysticism is this moment is complete. This moment, nothing is lacking. So I said, right, so salvation must be in what is. Salvation must be now. Yes? So I sat down and I saw that what was, was love. So I said, okay. That means that salvation must be in my love for this person, not outside of it. So I took a deep dive into myself. I said, okay, I told my family, I'm going to disappear for a couple of days. <laughs> and I took a deep dive into myself, into my love for this person. And I surrendered to it completely. And in, in doing so, I started seeing how the only way to truly love them was to set them free. So because my love for them was true, because my love for them was unconditional, there was nothing I needed to keep loving them. And, and they were free to do, think, say, and feel whatever they wanted. That did not mean, however, that I had to stay in relationship with this person. Because relationship was not needed either. 
for love to remain untouched and unconditional. And so I think a very ex similar experience to yours, I, I went to this person and I spoke my truth. And I, I, I told them, you know, that because of my love for you, I am, I am setting you free. You don't owe me anything anymore. But I am walking away. Because, because witnessing, you're free to do whatever you do. I will love you from afar. Because witnessing what you do, because I love you, is extremely painful. So I am walking away. It's just so that I can keep my love for you untouched. Do you see? Yeah. What is, Marina, the reaction? How other person has reacted to you towards your truth? Well, like you said, the reaction would not have mattered. It really would not have mattered. In that moment, I was so absolutely sure of what was saying, of what I was saying, or what I was experiencing, that I was, I was just so ready to let them be, whatever they were, they were choosing to be. But do you see, Misha? So, in, in allowing them to be whatever they were choosing to be, there is the implication that you are allowing them to live the consequences of what they have chosen, and not. Rescue them from that. Yeah. And so in a very literal way, that experience for me confirmed something I had seen many years ago, which was we are so loved, we are so unconditionally loved by life that we are free to choose what we experience. Even the particular way in which we prefer to suffer. <laughs> you see, like the, the sky has never ripped open and a finger has come out saying, that is not the correct way to suffer. You are so loved that you are free to choose even that. And the universe contemplates you in absolute respect. And, and so I saw for the first time that radical love implies letting the other person be completely. It's a tough one because you, you love them and you have a preference for them and da, 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 da. yeah. But radical love is renouncing the preference and allowing them to be because of true unconditional love for them. So and true. in that recognition of freedom, in the recognition of our freedom and their freedom. We set the whole world free. Ta-da! That is my experience of Boom. unconditional love. <laughs> I'm learning from what you are saying and what I have experienced that unconditional love doesn't always feel good in the moment. But because of truth in it, 
it feels right at the same time. Oh, I love that distinction. I love that distinction. It feels right. It is what is needed. It is self-evident. It doesn't need to feel good. Yeah. It and might hurt, but it is right. Oh, oh yes. And the other, uh, the other uh, part of it, the counterpart of it, Misha, is that you know how they say love will break your heart? <laughs> to keep it open. To keep it open. Exactly. You know, but in my experience, that is not entirely accurately true. In my experience, life breaks your heart. And love allows it to remain open, feels the cracks. Do you see? It feels the cracks so it can be broken again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And learning to live with a broken, open heart is the real invitation. Instead of shutting it down, running away, you know, hardening it into stone. No, open it up again. You know, and so after my experience of <laughs> unconditional love, I really saw that instead of wanting to shut my heart closed. I was so looking forward to opening it up more. You know, and find and if if there if there was to be a next experience of love, a following experience of love, I was ready to love even deeper, love even more. Which which is the complete opposite of Oh, I have learned the lesson. I will be now more careful. I will be now more cautious. There was a freedom to just go forward and love better. <laughs> but this is fascinating how many people choose the other way, right? Their hearts get broken and then they say, oh, I will just better isolate myself. I just better not show up. I just better not meet other human being with whom I can fall in love in order not to feel this pain again. Yeah. And you are saying, hey, no, hold on. I would need that crack to be in my heart so honey can get into it and soothe it. Exactly. So love can go into it and heal it. But yeah. now you're left with a larger heart, you see? So it needs to be broken again, somehow. But there is so sweetness, such hope in knowing that as it breaks, love will just fill every crack. To allow it to, you know, come into this new shape this larger experience of life and being met by life. And it's the only thing we can do. I mean, yes, it hurts like hell. And you really want to run away and, you know, hide underground like an ostrich, you know, at least your head. But 
But if you do that, you stop meaning life. You are narrowing your existence more and more and more. You are limiting it. And you end up living in a tiny little space of safety that is not comfortable at all. In which you cannot move. You cannot experience anything. And the understanding that you and I work from, Misha, allows us to see experience differently and relate to experience differently so that we are free to actually experience anything and not turn it into, ah, I should then. It allows us to leave the lesson where it happened and come out the other end to meet life again because there are new lessons to be learned. There are new things to be experienced. Experience. There, there is just new life to be exposed to. And when you understand what love does, that becomes a possibility, the never-ending, growing possibility of meeting life again. I asked uh, a very dear friend the other day, is it, is it ever too late? And his answer was, it is if you don't start over. Hmm. How old is he? <laughs> very. <laughs> very. Very. My dear, dear, dear Harry. But Do you think, Marina, yeah. that unconditional love is about another human being? No. But it can be an experience with another human being. Do you think you love another human being or your thoughts about another human being? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so uh, there is love, and then there is the experience of love. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, we tend to confuse attachment with love. But again, we go back to where we started. Love is absolute freedom. If there is attachment, then we're talking about something else. Treat attachment as attachment. Treat love as love. I generally say, say that love is a condition when attachment or when you love your thoughts about another human being is a feeling and there is a difference. Yeah, they, there is a difference. There's feelings, definitely. And I, I don't know if I would call love a condition, maybe. Or a state. Maybe state oh. would be a better word. Yeah, because you know, love unconditional love. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's a state of it's a state of being, Misha, and I and I want to you know underline the word being. It's not a doing. Yeah. It's a state of being. 
It is a state of all. It is a state of all. And it is the natural state in which we can meet the other person. Do you see when, when we leave behind all our thinking, all our ideas and beliefs and concepts about another, and we meet them fresh and new with curiosity, who are you today? That alone is love. Nothing else is needed. This is not about, oh, I want you to have everything and I want you to be okay. No, this, this state of openness, this state of willing to meet the other, be touched by them, touching them, that is a state of love. And where, where there is that openness, well, there is no conditions, you see, because we can only close ourselves to life with conditions. Does this make sense? I'm thinking now that unconditional love doesn't have to be focused on something or someone. Since it is a state, in this state, as you love your all thoughts, no matter what kind of thoughts, whether they are negative or positive, and every time when you think about things and people, since you always love your thoughts, you unconditionally love everyone and everything. You see, <laughs> absolute freedom is letting it be. That's love, like the Beatles. Let it be, words of wisdom. Let it be. Let the other person be. Let your thoughts be. Let your emotions be. Let your experience be. Allow. That's a state of grace. You see, you're completely opened for life to happen. There is an absolute collaboration again. So the, the, the point of a heart getting broken by life is for it to expand, not for it to close again. It's for it to expand and meet life again, and it will break again, and it will expand. But every, think about it for a second, Michelle. Every experience of a broken heart you've had has open space for more to come into your heart. It has expanded <laughs> the amount of experiences that you can relate to in others. When you go through loss, your heart breaks open. But then you can understand loss in others. You can relate. You can make the other your own by recognizing that same experience. So the heart breaks open so that we can meet the other so that we can meet whatever the other is. It's not necessarily another human being, another animal, another work of art, another hurricane. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the, the expansion of human experience. Right. People often confuse 
unconditional love and allowing other people to behave the way they want towards yourself. Meaning, dear son, if I love you unconditionally, you can do whatever you want. No, it's not true. I love you unconditionally and please don't forget to make your bed. I love you unconditionally and please don't, you know, walk in your underwear in this house. I love you unconditionally, but if you take this cigarette again in my house, you're out, <laughs> right? So that's better, that's easier. Unconditional love, as we discussed, always has sincerity to it. Yeah. But you see, and I think that's the tricky part, because it's it, like you're saying, when you make someone the object of love, yes? And so you allow yourself to remain in circumstances that are not conducive to well-being in the name of love. But that's not true. If you look at that equation carefully, you will see that in reality, the only thing that is there is the need to be seen as a good person. The need to be seen as the good guy in the movie by the other. I am a good guy in the movie, Marina. Oh my God, you always, always have been. But being human, you have the potential to be pretty much anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right? I was thinking about my children, about my, my son and daughter, and for sure, I thought I love them unconditionally. And then I thought, but is it true? Is it truly true? And it was a while back and I realized that the best litmus test for that particular matter to understand whether you love your children unconditionally is to think about them as not yours and still love them absolutely to the you know to the moon and back and at the same time think that they are they do not belong to you they're not yours you're just together but you see the only thing you're doing is taking the personal out of the equation taking the ego out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I often think the reason why I know that I love my children unconditionally, it's because I would not exchange them for any other children in spite of what they do. <laughs> but it goes so beyond that at the same time. So beyond that. And, and when you really see that that possibility of letting them be with all their consequences, you must recognize that there will be heartbreak. But if your law, if your job is to love them, you will walk with them through that heartache. You will not avoid it for them. 
They will not. And you, and, and you do not have to lose your mind when you see them facing the consequences. Oh God, you don't no. have to lose your mind. Not at all. But that's when you're, you, you know, your job is calling you. Yeah. Them, walk with them through it. Be a companion through the heartbreak. Bring love to the heartbreak. But it's not prevent the heartbreak from happening. Make sure they're safe. No. There's nothing to be safe from. We are here to meet life. And it's the only way we grow. Do you tell your children always the truth? Of course not, Misha. Come on. <laughs> uh, I'd say pretty much most of the time. Yeah. There are exceptions. There are exceptions, but but most of the time, yeah. I have found that it is not it is not necessarily the truth that needs to be avoided, but it's the way the truth can be understood, can be labeled, that needs to be walked around carefully. But you see, every human being, not only children, we have tendencies to look at things one way or another, depending on our culture and our conditioning and etc. So when something is judged from that culture and that environment in a very particular way, you cannot present the truth bluntly because then that will ensure a judgment and rejection of that truth. But there is always a way to talk about it. Always. It's not always now. It's not always in this moment. Right? It's like... I am not going to ask a six-year-old to, I don't know, understand death. No. You, you tell them the story that in a way that they can understand it. It's not lying. It's adapting it to a way that can be understood and digested by that mind. You don't need to be cruel, you know, and just, well, this is what it is. Deal with it. Right? And, and as time goes by, you, you get to discover that experience with them anew every time. Death is not the same thing at six-year-old and at 14 and at 51. Yeah. I, I like this phrase that truth without kindness and kindness and tact is cruelty. There you go. It can be. Yeah. And yeah. at the same time, all we do in life is just trying to find truth. We look for truth and we are trying to be not cruel at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, there's a quote also that says, if it's not kind, it's not wise. Do you see? If it's not kind, it cannot be right. Yeah. But at the same time, we have such limited concepts of what kindness can be. 
And so a new, fresh exploration of kindness is needed with every circumstance. As a good movie character, Marina, I'm very, very kind, I have to admit. Oh, man, you're the good guy in the movie. You're very kind. You're selling yourself, Misha. Come on. Yeah. Can you can you buy me, please? <laughs> <laughs> This is not an advertisement. <laughs> you are kind. Okay. You're kind as well, Marina. Thank you, too. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you very much. One of my favorite topics, love. Mine as well. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the School for Mystics podcast.